Hey friends, and welcome back to the Alex Makes VR podcast. In today's episode, I want to deep dive ramble on all things Facebook Connect. We're going to talk about the new hardware that's been announced, including the Oculus Quest 2 and the potential upcoming AR glasses in partnership with Ray-Ban. We're going to talk about the R&D that's coming down the pipeline with Facebook Reality Labs, which is the new subsection um, or the rebrand part of the Facebook company that focuses on all of this immersive technology. We're going to talk about what it means for the future of the industry, things to be looking out for, my opinions and thoughts in general on everything that was announced. Um, So we're going to be diving into all that today, but in future episodes, if you've got a subject or topic you want me to cover, then please let me know. You can reach out to me, Alex Makes VR on Instagram and Twitter. I've also got a newsletter which I send out weekly, um, which is, is a kind of culmination of all of the tips and tricks and the interesting topics that we get into here on the podcast. If you want to sign up for that, you can do so at alexmakesvr.com. So firstly, I want to say thank you so much to everyone who messaged me this week, wishing me luck for the uh, the production that I was directing um, earlier in the week. It went really well. Loads of stuff to talk about. I've had so many transformational moments in the last couple of weeks running up to this shoot so much that I want to share um I've written copious amounts of notes um and even made little kind of like video diaries of of stuff that's been going on um the last month or so involving this project as soon as the project um goes public um it's a client project so at the moment it's under NDA But as soon as it goes public in a couple of months, I'm really hoping that I'll get to be able to do some really in-depth episodes taking you behind the scenes um, of this shoot and talking about the intricacies and all the things that I've learned directing um, a big volumetric project. So uh, thank you again so much for all of your messages. It really genuinely means the world. And um, these podcast episodes, the last few episodes have been a little bit more vloggy, personal, just kind of, you know, friend to friend chats more than anything. And I I will, I promise, get back to some of the more regular um, business related and and value giving and helping you guys with your journeys. But for now, I just really appreciate the support that you've shown me the last uh, few weeks. So thank you so much for that. Okay, let's dive in to all of the news from Facebook Connect then, shall we? So um, I'm recording this just after watching the Facebook Connect keynote. And there's definitely some really exciting things that came out of the keynote. So first was the announcement of the Oculus Quest 2. So this headset is the, um, not the predecessor, what's the opposite of the predecessor? The There's a word for it, isn't there? Oh, my brain is just not functioning. Not the best time to be doing a podcast. But um, the, um, oh my God, I can't think of the word. What is the word for that? Basically, the newer version of the Oculus Quest, it's replacing the, um, uh, the first generation Quest. And it's got some serious tech upgrades that are going to really change the game for VR hardware. So just like the first Quest, the Oculus Quest 2 is an all-in-one headset um, that can be used completely on its own. 
The different, the main differences are A, it looks different. It's a white uh, headset, which is interesting because I feel like personally, I prefer the black, like the black slick look is more kind of my vibe, especially because I'm, I'm because I wear makeup. Um, oftentimes I'll get makeup on my headset and it's a little, it's going to be a little bit more noticeable on a white <laughs> headset. So I think that's a bold choice of them. Um, they've changed the head straps to make it more comfortable, um, supposedly. Again, I'm really interested to actually get my hands on one because I feel like they've replaced the Quest head straps with one that looks a bit more similar to the Oculus Go. And I notoriously hated uh, the head straps on the Oculus um, Go. So I'm interested to see whether ergonomically um, this head strap is better for you and um, makes it much uh, much more distributed weight-wise on your face um, than the previous Oculus Quest. The big updates really are, it's got a slightly smaller form factor, so it's a slightly um, lighter, so you can wear it for longer. It's got uh, 50%, I believe they said, more pixels uh, in the screen. It's like an all-in-one screen built into the headset, which means 50% more pixel density, which is absolutely huge. This is going to be a total game changer, um, especially in the realm of 360 video. I'm so excited to be able to have a look at some of them, the footage that I've shot on something like the Insta360 Titan to see how that image compares. Because obviously, if you've got a much crisper display, you're going to have a much crisper image. And often the criticism that 360 video gets is that, you know, it's a little bit kind of VHS quality. <laughs> it's a little bit blurry. Um, I remember when I first started showcasing people 360 and they'd be like, is it meant to be that blurry? Um, and I always had to use the analogy of, you know, it's literally like the equivalent of um, going from watching a DVD the equivalent of how we watch traditional kind of stuff now, I guess, and going back and watching a VHS. Like, of course, the quality is going to um, look a bit sucky. But fingers crossed with this pixel um, kind of uh, this display update, uh, an increase, sorry, um, hopefully we're going to be able to really push the boundaries of um, a more immersive experience because that image is going to be so crystal clear. And the better the image quality, obviously, the, the, the higher resolution, the more that your brain is going to be tricked into believing what it's seeing. Um, you know, the higher quality the image, the more it's going to closely resemble photorealism, aka what your eye sees, um, which is going to help in, in so many ways, uh, really like engage uh, VR audiences. And speaking of engaging audiences, how about that price point? So the Oculus Quest 2 is going to start at $299 or £299, which is £100 cheaper than the original Oculus Quest. So not only are you getting a much better, more powerful, more high quality hardware, you're getting it for a cheaper price. And coming in at £300, which is only £100 more expensive than the Go was, for a full uh, standalone room scale VR headset, that is going to encourage so many more people to want to 
take a chance on VR. Now, of course, it's still at a price point where only early adopters and I would guess majoritively gamers will be enticed. Um, but there's probably going to be, you know, a good percentage of people that wouldn't have touched it at the £400 price point that are now going to be considering it because it's more closely aligned with a traditional price uh, for a games console, which is potentially going to be absolutely game changing. So this is really setting the standard for that first time VR experience. And there was a lot of rumblings in the VR industry and a lot of kind of discontentment, including from myself, when it was announced that Oculus were going to discontinue the go. And that was purely from the point of view of what about that first time user? What about those uh, independent venues that want to dip their toe into um, bringing new audiences into VR that can't afford the the £400 price point per headset. Now, of course, £300 is still a lot of money and it's still going to be cost prohibitive for a lot of people. But all of a sudden, um, that does open the, I guess, the window of opportunity for new organisations and new uh, institutions for experimenting with VR, especially because for that price point to have a fully room scale interactive sixed off headset, not only are you going to be able to do things like put on VR cinemas, and have this beautiful high quality display for 360 uh, viewing experiences but you've also got the opportunity to have those interactive um, experiences all of a sudden an art gallery that might have previously had to only have like one or two pc vr set up to um to display some kind of vr work now that same art gallery can have maybe multiple headsets and in one session in the morning they could have a um, synchronized viewing experience of a 360 film and then in the afternoon they could potentially have an interactive workshop where an artist live draws something or people are invited to live draw in tilt brush I don't know I'm just spitballing here but do you see what I mean the, the versatility of it is now really exciting because you now have a really fantastic middle ground technology that can allow both both the full room scale um incredibly processing powered heavy experiences at the price of something that even just a couple of years ago uh, would have limited you to a a three degrees of freedom very very basic vr um experience so that's really really exciting um and i think that's going to open a lot of doors for me personally, I still, as a consumer, don't have enough of a reason to really want to invest £300 in a VR headset, like a new VR headset, especially because I've already got the Quest. You know, as a user, as a user of VR, I'm not like pissing my pants with excitement to go out and spend 300 quid uh, on this headset that, yes, it's got all this extra power, but it's not really going to massively change the way that I use VR. But as a business owner, as someone who works in VR, as someone who's now going to be able to take this to my clients, 
um, factor this into when I'm making original work and I'm planning on how to tour and distribute that work. This is totally game changing. Uh, And that's something for all of us to keep in mind is just how we're going to position this. All of a sudden now we've got this really interesting middle ground for when we're pitching clients um, on using virtual reality technology. And that's that's where I'm the most excited because it opens up this whole world and you can get your clients to invest in something like an Oculus Quest 2 and be confident that they're going to get a lot of value out of it because now not only can you deliver them a interactive 360 uh, video, for example, but you'll know that um, they could also be experimenting with collaborative remote working using this headset. They could be using it, um, yeah, in terms of like uh, next level socializing or holding meetings in VR. They could be using it as a design tool with something like Tiltbridge or um, what are some of the other ones? Gravity Sketch, those kind of things. All of a sudden, one device can have multiple uses, uh, use cases within a company. So it's going to make that argument um, much easier when you're going in there pitching for a company to invest in VR because all of a sudden there's longevity in that hardware. It's not just a, oh, you buy it once for this one thing and it's hard to justify the ROI. All of a sudden, this opens a whole world of possibilities for them to use the hardware in other ways. So that's very exciting. The other big thing was um, that I found really interesting was the focus on augmented reality. Now, for those of you who have been listening to a lot of these episodes, you'll know that although I create mainly in VR, my business is VR, um, I am a massive, massive fan and believer in the next big mainstream adopted version of immersive technologies um, as smart glasses in augmented reality. I think that in the next five years, we will all be walking around with, with a pair of cool apparently Ray-Ban smart glasses. Um, And the way that uh, we will build for smart glasses will totally revolutionise the way that we interact with each other. It will be the next level of... um, It will basically be like having a smartphone on your face. I think that it's going to become integral to our lives. Uh, And clearly, that's what Facebook are banking on as well, because a lot of the talk and a lot of the keynote was focused on their vision for what AR will be. And it was interesting to hear about them announcing Project Aria, which is their next phase of development, uh, research and development around AR smart glasses. And what Project Aria is, is a pair of um, not AR, but just smart glasses that are basically researching and tracking um, a select group of people's uh, interactions with the world through the lens, pun intended, of these glasses. So this raises some really interesting questions about privacy and the ethics of the future of our wearables, because the kind of data they're going to be collecting is everything from you know, how this person is interacting with the world. It's going to be mapping their spaces wherever they are. It's going to have information about their locations and like all the the kind of geo tagging um, that goes on with our smartphones anyway. But this is next level because it's literally 
something that's on your face. Not only that, but obviously you've got the eye tracking. You've got the kind of not only is it seeing what you're seeing in the world, it's also looking back inwardly at you and tracking where your eyes are. What are you looking at? What are the things that you're interacting with? What are the things that you're taking in? Um, as well as being able to not only record audio, but also record um, like video, the video feed, because con- it's a bit like how Siri is constantly listening. Um, these glasses would be constantly watching because, of course, it would have to map um, digital overlays onto your real life world. And so obviously that begs a lot of questions about the ethics around the data being collected there and what it's being used for. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how that evolves with a company like Facebook, because they're under so much scrutiny and they don't have the best track record when it comes to um, being um, being careful with people's data, I guess. And it has been known to be used for bad. So how on earth will this company be able to get enough trust from the public to not only let them into our lives in an even more personal way, um, but literally be able to kind of shape the world that we see through these glasses. Um, it'll be, it's going to be a really interesting few years to see how they go about that. But I personally am fascinated by that stuff. And that was one of my favourite things about this year's keynote at Facebook Connect was understanding their roadmap for where they see all this technology going. I think that's one of my favourite things about these events in general is it kind of reaffirms to me what I already kind of know but it's nice to be able to like see it, it kind of, uh, what's the what's the phrase? Hear it from the horse's mouth. Which, do you ever just think about some of the phrases that we have in the English language and think, where the fuck did that come from? Like, who came up with that? What a weird saying. Anyway, it's nice to kind of have these suspicions and have these thoughts about your industry and have it reconfirmed by the people at the top who are, who are essentially driving it, who are spending billions of dollars investing in the R&D and pushing the technology forward in that direction. It's really nice to kind of have those suspicions confirmed. Um, and so for me, one of my favorite things was not even necessarily on the VR side. It was more um, hearing about what they envisioned of the future for all things um augmented reality and spatial computing. I was watching a demo actually on the Facebook Reality Labs website because I think one of the big things that we all know is coming but hasn't quite been mastered yet is this idea of like social VR and this idea of social interactions. If if I, instead of logging onto a Zoom call, could put on a pair of glasses and be in the same room as all of the people that I needed to be in a meeting with. So it's like we're physically there. Um, I would absolutely prefer that to a Zoom call if those people were photorealistic. That's one of the big things that I think is the challenge is I personally hate the avatar uh, culture around social VR. Reminds me of being like a kid and playing on Habbo Hotel and like choosing like a silly kind of avatar to represent myself. Like it reminds me of that. Like I don't really like it. Um, And I also think that, yeah, there's a whole different wormhole of ethics that we could go into in terms of anonymity um, 
and and that kind of thing when it comes to the virtual world which potentially is a hot yeah is a, is a whole other podcast topic but um but yeah one of these things that they're working on at Facebook Reality Labs is those photorealistic avatars and I was looking at a demo on their website where they've actually mastered a photorealistic avatar and it's got this kind of um like hanging down little panel from the VR headset that's tracking the mouth movement and you cannot really tell that the avatar moving isn't a person like it looks just like a video just like a video of someone moving their face around but then they show you that it's actually someone in a VR headset with this little kind of motion sensor device that hangs out the front of the headset which is tracking their um, mouth movement and making the avatar move um, perfectly in time with it. Now that to me, that's next level. That's where we're. That's where all of this is going. That's where the next level of kind of social VR is going to come from. Because one of the other things that they touched on very briefly in the keynote was about Facebook Horizons. So Facebook Horizons, for those of you who don't know, which has just entered um, beta is essentially Facebook's version of the Oasis, the iconic Oasis from Ready Player One, this future virtual playing ground. Facebook are betting on the fact that in future, instead of logging into your social media account to just scroll the feed and to comment on people's photos or DM, you will log into this virtual world, you will put on a headset, a pair of glasses, whatever it ends up being, and you will actually go to a physical virtual space with your friends and you will play games and you will uh, hang out in these virtual spaces because why wouldn't you? I mean, it makes total sense. Um, I think there's going to have to be a lot that happens in between now and us doing that just purely because we're also used to the kind of passive nature of interacting with things like Facebook groups or message threads, like all of that is on our terms, unless you're someone that is really into the Twitch and live streaming uh, communities. Um, we're quite used to the passive nature of, of group hanging, I guess, online. But Facebook are betting on the future of like active socialising in virtual spaces, which I think is really interesting and it'll be yeah it'll be interesting to see how much they kind of get behind it and how much they push that um in future but facebook horizons if you've not heard of it or you've not checked out the latest kind of um videos from the demos definitely have a look because that tells us a lot about where they're pushing vr so all of these announcements combined make me pretty goddamn excited for the next year in our industry I think there was a bit of a lull the last couple of years. COVID definitely put a bit of a nail in the coffin for location-based immersive experiences. And so it's interesting to see now the big push towards this um, remote socialising and advancements in the VR and AR hardware. I personally am really, really excited for the first pair of smart glasses to come out. I will be probably one of the first to use them because clearly I have absolutely no regard for my own privacy and data. Um, but I'm just fascinated to see how we can get away from this rectangular thing that we have in our pockets um, and, and all of a sudden have the kind of world open up in terms of having all of that power on our face. That's going to be super exciting. 
I would love to hear from you. What are you excited about in the next year of immersive tech? What did you think of all the announcements at Facebook Connect? What do you think about the fact that Facebook have finally started to own um, this division and are starting to promote it as one with the juggernaut that is the Facebook universe? Um, that's the one thing, though, that I am curious about. They've not really integrated any of the immersive stuff, apart from the AR filters. Um, they've not really gone down the road of pushing immersive on Instagram, which is obviously one of their, well, probably the most um, uh, kind of young brands, I guess, as in you'd think that the people on Instagram were more likely to be interested in the uh, the future um immersive not immersive space what am I trying to say you'd think that they'd want younger people to be engaging with this stuff not not that I'm saying by any stretch of the imagination that this isn't for um all ages because it absolutely is but you'd think that Facebook would be pushing this towards the younger generation that are typically involved with gaming and taking a chance on new innovation um yeah, it's curious. But anyway, all that to say, I would love to hear your thoughts on everything that's kind of been announced over the last few days. Um, will you be getting your hands on a Quest 2? <laughs> a Quest 2? Um, let me know. Let me know all your thoughts. It's been a crazy busy couple of weeks, like I said at the top of the podcast. And again, I'm really thankful to all of you for hanging in there with me uh, while I kind of get through this busy period. But fingers crossed, I'm going to be a lot more back to my usual um, value giving, top of the world, excitable, excitable. I can't even speak. That's not, it's not, it's not great for a podcaster to not be able to grasp their own words, is it? Um, yeah, back to business in the next week or so. Um, so if there's anything that you want me to talk about, please, please, please let me know. I've already had a couple of really great suggestions on Instagram, including a day in the life of a VR director, which I will absolutely do an episode on. Um, some behind the scenes of uh, the volumetric shoot when I'm allowed to share it. Um, but let me know if there's anything else that you want me to cover. As always, have a great day wherever you are in the world. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow, subscribe and give it a share. Um, just pass on uh, pass on the, the good word about this podcast to someone in your life that might find it interesting. Um, I would really, really, really appreciate that. And until next time, have a great day wherever you are in the world. I already said that. I need to go to bed. I love you guys. <laughs> Bye.